Today we'll be reviewing Chris Rock's comedy special, Selective Outrage, and we'll be discussing migraines. This is Doctor vs. Comedian. I'm Dr. Asif Doja, and this is the Doctor of Laughs. Not a real doctor. Ali Hassan. Every episode, I pick a topic for Ali from comedy and entertainment, and I question him about it. Then Ali picks a topic from medicine and health and grills me on that topic. It's been a few weeks since Chris Rock's Selective Outrage came out. So on today's episodes, we'll give our thoughts on that Netflix special. And we'll be discussing migraines. So Ali, let's get right into this. Chris Rock did a live Netflix special about a month or so ago, and I'm curious to what you think about it. And so I was going to propose we do something a bit different than what we've usually done. Usually we just kind of give our general thoughts, but I thought we would go through this kind of like we'll summarize different kind of jokes that he did, kind of the outline of the show, and we can give our thoughts on different parts of it. Now, I think we need to have a spoiler alert. We will be talking about the jokes in this comedy special. So if people want the jokes unfiltered, stop listening now. Okay, you have the ability to stop listening. Use the technology that is available to you. To press pause. To press pause. uh, Watch the special. And then come back. See what you think. And then come back. That's the way to do it. Definitely. Do not listen to this and then say, and then I'll listen to the special. That's probably not the way to do it. Yeah. Or if you don't care, that's also fine too. But just oh, don't complain to us later. You don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. know, we all know there's only one of our friends who complains about this. Nobody else complains about this spoiler <laughs> thing. But anyway. Okay. Let's get started. So I just made a list here, Ali. Uh, it's on our mutual Google Doc. We use a Google Doc. That's don't tell the, the people about our secrets. That's how the sausage is made that is how the sausage is made so let's just go through this so this was a live special so very interesting netflix is trying to get in to the live tv viewing genre or that modality what do you think they're capitalizing on there what is the value for you as a viewer does that give you something because did you watch it in that live moment i didn't i watched it later right same here so does it do something for you to have watched something that was done live in the moment? This is my theory. And again, people who are media savvy may know a bit more about it. Live TV is very important for advertising, right? Because you are actually sitting there watching it. You can't fast forward through a football game, right? Because it's live. You can't mm-hmm. fast forward through like the Grammy Awards because it's live. And then they want the conversation, everybody tweeting, you know, sports people making bets because of the money that's associated with it. Now, Netflix doesn't have ads now, but I think this is what they're eventually going to be doing. If they can get a lot of success with live programming, then they'll insert ads usually at their lower tier pricing ranges. Right. I was going to say, will the prices continue to go up, you think? Or no, for the premium, you can you can save money. You don't have to pay 18 bucks a month. You can pay 10, but then you accept ads. Watch right? ads, yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's what I think they're going with this. We'll see. We'll see. But I think that's why they're interested in, in live. So yeah, we, you and I didn't watch it live, but I know lots of people who did. It brings up another thing, which you're not mentioning here, but for me, there is a level of pressure on the comedian. I felt that in the, I mean, these are comedians who have in the case of Chris Rock, who is, is he 60s? He's, he's well into his 50s. I think he's in the 50s, yeah. He would have had a long career, many specials, many experiences with editing. That's his world, right? You're always edited. Do whatever you want. May, screw up in the moment and then tell the audience, hey, I got to start that again. I got to start that again. And guess what? You guys have to act like it's the first time you hear it, right? It's all these little tricks you've learned how to do to help the edit, to help the editor, to think of the final product, which is eventually going to come out. All that is gone. All your training, all your way of thinking. So I find that immediately to be kind of exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and maybe that's another reason he did it. Also, he got paid a lot of money. I don't know how much he got paid for his Netflix specials, but I'm sure he's doing fine. He can afford 
$100 Lululemon yoga pants now. And that is an example of a joke he made That's in right. the show. Yes. We'll get to the Lululemon in a second. He starts off by talking about this concept of selective outrage, where we get upset about certain things and not about others. And that is kind of the through line in the special and that's why he named it that and it gets back to that towards the end so he says yeah you know what i'm talking about he's talking about why do we cancel and we won't play r kelly songs but we still play michael jackson songs to people accused of similar things you're jumping a couple of steps here his first line his first line after telling somebody to shut up basically some guy has to like be part of the live experience and he goes sit down i'm trying to do a show tonight without offending anybody okay i'm gonna try my best you know why because you never know who might get triggered to me asif this is an important thing that you're skipping over because he's setting he's setting the stage for something and you don't know it at the time you think he's going to go right into the will smith issue right, right? He's you have not heard anything that, yeah. out of chris rock since the slap so you think he's going to go into that issue of course he's not what kind of idiot am I? do you think Madonna started her concerts with Like a Virgin? No, she waited till it was young. I use that example as dated as it is because that's Asif's favorite song and favorite performer. She used to be. She used to be, I know. So it's interesting. He starts with this. He goes, you say the wrong thing and people get scared. You got He doesn't say people. <laughs> he uses many different words. Asif does not let me swear on this podcast which gives me a migraine, which is why we're talking about them later. Uh, but he talks about, you know, people say words hurt. That's what they say. So you've got to watch what you say because words hurt. And anybody who's ever said words hurt has never been punched in the face. So now you're like, hold on a second. You weren't punched in the face. You were slapped in the face. Is this a separate thing? So he's he's dancing around the subject right from the beginning. Okay. And then he goes on. Sorry, now you can go on. And he does talk about these jokes about people with these, you know, work woke traps. And then right away, the name of the special is Selective Outrage, and he gets right into it. The thing I have a problem with is Selective Outrage. Yeah, and he's basically like, you know, Michael Jackson has better songs. So we will be upset at R. Kelly, and we won't be at Michael Jackson. There is some nuance in this whole thing. You know, R. Kelly convicted, and Michael Jackson never formally sure. convicted though he had those civil trials it smells of the old i won't eat pork but i drink of type of thing in other yeah. words yeah. path of least resistance let's right. go to the easy exactly. very easy not to eat pork it's yeah. not that easy to yeah. not drink yeah. And, yeah. Why, yeah and it makes sense you know why we do this and and he then gets into this idea of woke culture right and he gives this example of lululemon good for lululemon canadian brand now you know can have jokes at an international, you know, comedy special. So he's talking about how they sell, as you mentioned, $100 yoga pants. But the thing is, they also, in their advertising, say, you know, we support all people of all colors, all races, all genders. And basically, he's like, you're selling $100 non-racist yoga pants. And he's like, I think most people would just prefer $20 racist yoga pants, right? Like, I think that's like, it's pretty good. It's pretty funny, so you know. That. Okay, yeah. One of my friends who is a marketing specialist uh, in the U.S., he says, you know, these companies, they're not doing that for the consumer. So this is where Chris Rock, may, he just has a different take on it. They're doing it for their employees. They want their employees to think, you're working for a woke company. Aren't we so good? That's why you should continue to work here. They don't actually care about the... I mean, oh, interesting. I thought that would have been the byproduct, the employees, and the real benefit is adding some positive, you know, some goodwill to their name. Like he says, he that after Lululemon, he jumps to Subaru. There was a commercial for Subaru. For every Subaru we'll sell, we'll donate $250 to your favorite charity. And he's like, I don't, Subaru, you want to help me out? Just sell me the car for $250 less. These jokes don't particularly work for me mm -hmm. because it's one of the richest comedians in the world telling these jokes. And right. I can't get that out of my head. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And he that tells he says it as though it's his perspective. He doesn't say, I bet there's a couple of dudes in Baltimore and a few neighborhoods who'd be like, just get right. The, the special is shot in Baltimore, uh, by the way. That's why I mentioned Baltimore. So these jokes don't particularly land with me for those reasons. I, I can't, you know, remove the joke teller from the joke. And so they're okay. These jokes are okay, but I'm not, I'm not into the special just yet. I'll tell you. 
Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I, I still think it was pretty good now. I hear what you're saying. I kind of, I didn't really think about it too much, but. This is my problem. You, yeah, no you are right. You are this right. Problem. This is my personal yep. problem. No, I'm not saying that you shouldn't like these jokes. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Then he moves into a section of the special that I really like. It's about how people are addicted, what they're addicted to. And of course, he talks about opioids or whatever, but he's no, he's like, they're addicted to attention. All right. And he gives examples of how you can be addicted to attention. And so you can get attention by showing skin. Like this is the whole problem with Instagram, Snapchat, etc. Mm-hmm. Whether you're famous or not famous. In fact, sometimes you become famous because you're showing skin on these things. Be infamous. Okay. So be like a serial killer. It's actually, he goes, number one easiest way to get attention, show your ass. That's what he says. He does say show your ass. That's his thing. But yes, it is about skin is the point here. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to. Yeah, okay, okay. Hey, let, let me just repeat his whole thing and see how less funny I can make it. <laughs> to be excellent. So he talks about Serena Williams. Right. Number Serena. one, show skin. Number two, be infamous, infamous. Uh, which means doing something particularly Horrible, evil. Yeah, yeah in, in, in infamy. Uh, number three, be excellent. Yeah. And the last one is be a victim. And that's where he kind of moves this next part of his set. Mm-hmm. People are so, they want to be how this person wronged me so badly. And isn't, and, and of course, there is a correlate to that. Isn't that person so bad, right? And it's interesting. And so he, he goes into detail that, quite a bit about that. And one example he uses from the Capitol riots, he's like, he's like, how did the white men become the victims in all this? <laughs> You know, his joke is like, we got to get them out of office. So this is the white men talking. We got to get them out of office. Who? Who? Us. What? We're in <laughs> office. It's, it's it's quite good. He Again, he does it much funnier. He does why. it well. He did again. I'm really, I'm bringing a real black cloud here, but it reminded me of a joke he's already done. Because he talked about not just that part, but he says, what would make white men think they're losing the country? Right, like they're losing, and then losing. That's from another special of his, where he goes. These white guys are like, we're losing everything. And my friend Q and I would always, our buddy Q would, we'd make that joke. We're losing everything, and he would be like, if you're losing, who's winning? Because it sure <laughs> as hell ain't us. Yeah, yeah. Right, and he makes a joke about like, would nobody wants to be a black dude. Nobody wants to be a black right, dude. Right, right. Not right. one white guy would trade places with me. And I'm rich. I don't know if you yeah, remember that, Joe, I right? remember that, yeah. So it's all about this, we're losing everything. So it's a little bit like, it's, and you know what? To be frank, there's nothing wrong with taking a joke you already did and spinning it in, in a different way. There's nothing wrong with that. It's rarely seen, you know, mostly comedians, their specials have completely fresh new material. So, but I did in my head immediately, rather than laugh at this new bit of material and a new joke, my head went to like, oh, we've heard, we've heard this variation on this joke already. I know. Then he made another joke about like uh, car commercials. And I thought that joke wasn't particularly funny. Yeah. He said, I saw a commercial the other day. It's about mixed race couples. They're always in these things. I saw a commercial the other day. I saw a Japanese woman married to a caterpillar. The kids were squirrels. That's not that funny of a joke. No, it's really not. That's, that's, I'm like, wow. I, in fact, I thought at the time, like, that's a Chris Rock joke. Anyway, that's fine. And he does get into talk about mixed race people afterwards. And Ali, if I'm skipping over anything that you want to talk about, just let me know. Oh, am I not the type to jump in and just let you know? I need you are invit- quite rude in exactly. that way. Yeah, true. So he does talk about Meghan Markle every, and, and a bit about how, you know, first of all, he says she won the light skin lottery. I'm like, I understand there is a whole thing in the black community about light skin people versus dark skin people. He goes on a lot about that, right? In the special. It doesn't really work, though, for Meghan Markle because she's half black, right? Her, her one of her parents is white. So yeah, she did win that, I guess, because she happened to have a, one of her parents is white. So I'm not sure that idea of the light skin lottery really works for that. Maybe, uh, maybe people who are black have a different perception of that. So I did wonder about that, but he does say something that was very interesting. He said, didn't she like, basically she should have known that the Royal family was racist, like before she got involved with them, which is a little research would have revealed. He's like, they're the original these guys invented colonialism. They're the yeah. Sugar Hill Gang of Racism is a funny line that he uses. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like marrying into the Budweiser family and going, they drink a lot. For me, this the, the special was starting to build a bit at that point. 
Yeah, I thought that was really, I thought that was pretty good stuff. And some people say, oh, he's so mean to Meghan Markle. Come on. Like, he then has this whole thing about the Kardashians and OJ. It's kind of clever. So Robert Kardashian, right? Robert was the patriarch of the the, family. Lawyer, father. He was a lawyer for OJ. And he kind of goes into, you know, (laughs) did anyway, I won't get into it. You have to watch it to get his jokes. But it's basically about the Kardashians, Robert Kardashian, and, you know, the fact that he defended OJ, did that come back to haunt his family later on? And Caitlyn Jenner, and a lot about how, you know, you know, what it'd be like if his father transitioned. And I thought those jokes were fine. You know, they were neither here nor there for me. I thought they were fine. You? This is where it was starting to build a little bit. We just gave a little sort of taste of this Meghan Markle thing. But, you know, as he goes on and goes into some of this stuff about black women and and then getting into, there's a tie-in you know, if you're black, you want to be accepted by your white in-laws, you need to marry a Kardashian. I, I think I, I also was like, I don't understand where this is. These, these are, what's the word? These are tenuous connections. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? These are like, yeah. uh, yep. these aren't strong. He was trying to make things relate to each other, which he doesn't need to do. He could just have completely non sequitur bits, but he was trying to make things relate to each other. And I found there was a sort of weak connections mm-hmm. between them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he just wanted to make fun of Kanye a bit. This was a, a way into that. A very little bit, actually. And then talking about, yeah, Robert Kardashian, maybe that's where the joke was. And he was like, how do I tie these things? It's so interesting, by the way, just as a a meta-analysis of you analyzing it. Because we don't usually do this. We don't do this. You breaking down a comedy special to this level. Because obviously, it's hard for you to just think of it just as a comedy special right you're thinking about all these things it's like a director watching a movie they can't just enjoy it as a movie they have to think about okay well yeah oh my gosh the lighting there and how they get that shot and this seems really why they make that choice right like so whereas i can just watch it as a comedy special very interesting okay very interesting i also you know he's in an explosive territory he starts talking about the kardashians and talking about their you know uh caitlin yeah transitioning yeah i didn't think his jokes were that i think they were fine i didn't think they were oh uh, i don't think he crossed any lines but he obviously could have but i thought it was a good joke and you know it was kind of like how quickly they accepted caitlin jenner yeah speaks well of the family and he didn't and that wasn't a joke the joke was how that would have gone in his family exactly yeah yeah right so he was actually crazy uh, i I thought it was like I don't know. As far as jokes go that still kind of explore personal issues, you know, your own issues, I thought that was a great bit. And Mm -hmm. so, again, this was still starting to build and it was good. And then, well, speaking of controversy, he goes then talks about abortion. I won't get into the, some of the jokes. It's best for you guys to experience it. But he talks about abortion kind of all aspects. His support for, you know, allowing access to abortion. But he kind of makes some jokes as to why he supports that. I thought it was fine. I don't think there's anything particularly new there. I think some of those jokes I've almost heard him say before, or other comedians say before. But it was, mm-hmm. it was fine. I would say I had zero laughs about the abortion stuff, probably because it is as you're suggesting, pretty well-worn territory, right? Yeah. Dead baby jokes. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe so, I've been working for the public broadcaster too long. Maybe they don't hit the way they used yeah, to. But yeah. They were okay. I mean, I, yeah. it, it, it was fine. At this point in the set, it's going kind of up and down. So this is what I think he started off pretty hot. I liked the addiction to fame. I liked the selective outrage, like the Lululemon. I liked all that. Then it kind of went down after this and it only picks up towards the end. So you're more up and down. I'm more high than low. Not that good. So then, and then then let's get to the next part then. So then he has a very long part, very long part of the special about how his kids are spoiled and rich. And that's a concern of his. And this is at least he's being more authentic to Chris Rock because he is filthy rich and his kids are spoiled. Like he basically says that. But there's a whole story about how his oldest daughter, Lola, got kicked out of school and when she was on a field trip in Europe and did eventually get kicked out of school and how now she's kind of turned it around and become a great kid and she's studying culinary arts in Paris. And... This was just more like him telling us something that happened in his life. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no jokes in here. Yeah, well, it was tambourine-ish, if you will right. allow exactly. me to yeah. compare to another Chris Just tell Rock people about special. tambourine if they... Tambourine was uh, uh, not his last, but second to last special, which was deeply personal, which came after he divorced, uh, you know, he, he announced that he was divorced. 
And he was very honest about the fact that he's the reason he's divorced. He was cheating and he got caught and he messed up. And it was quite personal. And it was a bit of a detour for Chris Rock fans, for let's say the three specials that we hold up to be definitive Chris Rock. But, you know, as as many of us have to remind ourselves, he's a man who's growing and changing. He's and- a human being. I mean, he's not all for our entertainment, but that's exactly right. where I thought. I thought this was very similar to Tambourine. There's a big difference between laying your heart out there and admitting to you. He didn't quite admit, by the way, to, to his his faults in uh, Tambourine. He did indirectly, but it's a bit of uh, I think he's working through stuff. And this mm-hmm. is the same thing. He's working through stuff here. He's working through how to reconcile him as kids being spoiled or not. But this was just a story. It was not funny. And in, in fact, it's also like, yeah, but your daughter is still, who cares if you got kicked out of private school? She's still filthy rich. She has the option to study culinary arts in Paris. I'm sure Ali would have liked to have done that, but we don't all have these opportunities in life. I don't know. Then he gets into talking about dating, Okay. And again, he's talking about stuff. He's talking about 25-year-olds who he's dating, asking them to buy these shoes. Like, can they buy these Louis, it Louis Vuitton, Vuitton, whatever yeah, those are? Louis Vuitton, yeah. Louis yeah. Vuitton or, or whatever shoes. I'm like, is this you a thing that happens to, to people? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm married and I don't date. But is that what happens? Like, people sure. – is That's also maybe just – not that they're 25. It's because you are filthy rich. Right. That's probably why people ask you to buy them stuff. Right. And I think this is so I can't be I can't be hypocritical here. I can't be like, I can't laugh at the Lululemon hundred dollar yoga pants joke because the guy telling me the jokes is a multimillionaire and then not be into his jokes about the challenges of being a multimillionaire. So I'm kind of more on board with this stuff. I have a lot of friends who'll be like, Yeah, my kids, they're they're so spoiled. And it's like yeah, who do you think did that? Like you, someone at the bank? It was you. So this guy, at least, and, and and you know, I have friends who it's like they're not aware of what that sounds like. Where he's like, they're spoiled. He it feels like he's taking ownership. He helped her get kicked out of school. He was like, she should get kicked out, right? So I kind of like that. I'm like, okay, good. I'm you're you're trying to yeah. You know, reconcile I could picture you where you that. went yeah yeah I'm not sure it's funny but yeah no and it's not as funny but I was willing to go on this journey I think I found it interesting too his daughter is in fencing and stuff like this and you go you get a little bit of a glimpse into you know Chris Rock's wealthy life and yeah I don't think it was the funniest but it was still it was entertaining I think I was being entertained but yeah, after that, you said he went to the dating or the women's beauty. Oh yeah, the uh, the the dating thing, right? Yes, that's right, because it was quite long about his daughter. Number one, I mean, that's sort of a low thing for me. This is sort of a lower point of the special for me because I'm like, number one, why are you dating twenty five year olds? All right, fine, you want to date twenty five year olds, good for you, but then you have to expect that a twenty five year old dating a multi millionaire man pushing sixty is going to be, you know, treated a certain way by that young woman. And so, yeah, you're probably going to be asked to get way more than just shoes for a woman. That's the, the, the least of your worries. That's the territory, right? That's the territory you've wandered into willingly. So now you accept the consequences of that. After he talks about that, he and he t- talks about that, I'm trying to date Trying to date women my age, which is 10 to 15 years younger than me, which is, I thought that was a funny line right away. People are going to not like that line. But then, of course, there's a reference to your family, which is nice, right? Doja Cat. There's a Doja Cat. Oh, yeah. He says, yeah, he wants to date Doja Cat. I mean, he goes into then a big section about women's beauty. He talks about his ex-wife. It's a pretty good line, though I think I've heard something similar before from either him or the comedians. He's like, my ex-wife is the smartest woman I know. She got just as much money as me, and she ain't funny at all. Like, that's it's pretty funny, though. It's a pretty good Chris Rockism. It's in the Chris Rock space, but yeah, Bill Burr had that joke about Kobe Bryant's wife and this kind of stuff. Like when It is yeah. funny, but I do like this. He goes into about Beyonce's looks. And so he's like, if Beyonce is so fine, so, so good looking, that if she worked at Burger King, she could still marry Jay-Z. Because that's how attractive she is. Now, if Jay-Z worked at Burger King and he just leaves it there, right. like, that is yeah, yeah. a good joke. Yeah. And, and yes. certainly something we've all thought about when it comes to Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yeah. It's a whole bit about the power of female yeah. beauty. Yeah, exactly. Right? And as we get to the end of the special, he does talk about Will Smith. 
And he goes to this, and this is my favorite part of the special. I like I said, I like the beginning a lot, probably the first 20 minutes, and I like this last like 10 minutes. And he basically talks through the whole thing. And uh, basically what he says, and he tries to tie the whole thing together, is Will Smith's problem is that he has selective outrage. His wife admitted on her podcast to having an affair with one of their son's parents, right? So their son's friend's parents. Sorry, not their son's parents. No, that would be Will. No, one of the son's friend's parents. Friends parents and yeah. I guess Chris's point is that this completely emasculated Will Smith, you know, in the world. And then he takes exception to Chris Rock making a joke about, he's like, his wife already embarrassed him a million times over. And so, you know, he's like, Basically, Chris doesn't say this, but he's like, who are you really slapping in the face, right? You're slapping yourself in the face. Yeah. You know, you're a pathetic loser. So I I like the way he did it. But Asif, I don't know if you felt this, but then all of a sudden, I realized the genius of this set. I'm like, oh, we're tying all kinds of things here. Why is he talking about the Kardashians, acceptance of people? Maybe he's talking about, like, acceptance as far as Will Smith is concerned. Why is he talking about, like... His his own problems with his family and all that and being rich. This is what Will Smith and, and Jada go through, you know, wealth and like spoiled kids, maybe this guy. And I was just like, oh, this was much more a cohesive set than I thought it was. And by the end, I was like, think I just watched Genius? It certainly felt like it, it felt fantastic. So then I really loved this one line, you know, he was like, Will Smith played Muhammad Ali in a movie. He played Muhammad Ali. I played Pookie in New York's New Jack City. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen New Jack City and you know who Pookie is, yeah, yeah. a hilarious line, a hilarious visual. And so it's basically like he is punching down, in this case, slapping down, in this case, like picking on the little guy in so many ways. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And I loved what, you know, how he dealt with it because you had to wonder going into this, how is he going to address something that you know the slap heard around the world as people have said i like it i really like the way he did it i thought it was handled just like beautifully comedically very well netflix special live making history and also also for people who haven't seen it we should say this he said i love will smith i loved will smith i love this movie i love this movie i love this dude and he did this to me Right. So he's talking about how much it hurt him on more than a physical level, much more than a physical level. And this special came out a week before the Oscars. That was not an accident, right? Mm, it was on nothing purpose. Is. Nothing and so he's talking about this before the Oscars come out, right? Because you still want to be in that news cycle, but not after the Oscars. Yeah. So overall, I mean, I think I did like it. I think there are some highs and lows, but I think overall it's a good special. Would I suggest people watch it? Yeah, if you like Chris Rock, you should definitely watch it. I I, I agree with you. uh, He has several, as you said, probably two or three stone-cold classic comedy specials that are going to go down the history of the best specials ever done. Is this up there? Probably not, but maybe it it deserves a rewatch and a reanalysis, but it's very good. So I think if you like it, you should watch it. Ali, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I I have not... You know, I don't feel anybody's going to hear what we said and then go watch it. But then again, maybe they might. So I'm trying not to like drop too many lines, but it is, I think it's something that will be remembered for a long time and it should be. My problem was, to be honest, last if I was like, I think I just watched Genius. And then online, I saw people who were like, that was amazing. But those people who I saw online, I'm like, I don't know if I want to share the same comedy taste as some of these people. You know, these are friends of mine who are complete morons, but, you know, friends, me meeting Facebook friends who I, who I don't hold in high regard. So I was a little bit mixed emotions, but as I reviewed all this before chatting here today, I was like, no, I think it deserves a significant amount of credit. Right on. So this is a subject that, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who hasn't heard about migraines. It is, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a lot of, we don't know yet answers Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. because there is this sort of elusive nature about it, when people get it, why they get it. People knew why they got it. They would probably do almost anything they could 
to avoid it. But why don't we start with what is the definition of a migraine? How does it differ from a headache? And I also wanted to get yeah. into why you know so much about yeah, migraines. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about that. So migraines are a subtype of headache. Basically, they are a type of headache. The two main kinds of headache are migraines and tension type headaches. Tension type headaches are the kind of typical headaches we get. Muscle tension in your head. You've had a long day at work. Ali's had a long day today. He's implied to me with his, you know, facial mannerisms. Migraine is a very specific kind of headache. We could talk about the qualities of it in a second and, and how you diagnose it. But the reason why I see so much of it is because it's extremely common. It affects more than 1 billion people worldwide, about 15% of the general population. It bears mentioning for our newer listeners, you are a pediatric neurologist. Right. So that's a little disturbing. You're seeing a lot of kids with migraines? Yeah, we see tons of it. It's one of the most common reasons for referral to pediatric neurologists. It's migraines are one of the most common headache types that we're seeing. And it's definitely occurs in kids. Some people say it occurs in about 11% of kids, but it can be higher because it can be higher in females versus males, for example. There's a female predisposition. So it's huge. It's the most frequent neurologic problem in primary care. So family doctors, nurse practitioners in the community, that's the most common thing they'll see. They did this thing called the Global Burden of Disease Study, which looks at the global burden of disease. And migraine is second amongst the world's causes of disability and the first amongst young women. And it's responsible for more disability than all other neurologic disorders combined. So it's huge in terms of it. And that's why Ali is like, you know, we got to make sure we get all the info right on this episode. I said, this is what I have to research. I see patients every single day with migraine. Is it a no two migraines look alike or are there like subclassifications of like? That's a really good question. So they are relatively similar in terms of what they have. So there are certain criteria you have to have. The biggest differentiating factor in terms of types of migraines is migraine with aura or one without an aura or are pre-symptoms that occur prior to the headache coming on. So the most common is a visual aura. I don't know. Do you get migraines, Ali? I don't. One of the lucky, one well, of the lucky few. I feel blessed to say that I don't, yeah. So the aura, the most common one is something called a scintillating scotoma. So it's these flashes of light that moves into your vision. And it's in both, It's it may be on one side of your vision, but it'll be in both eyes, just the way the brain is organized. And that slowly can appear before the Okay, so can appear. It's not a guarantee that... No. You're getting those, so then the migraine is definitely coming. Oh, I see what you mean. No, so some people don't have auras at all. Some people mm. have, sometimes will have an aura with their migraines, and sometimes people always have an aura with their migraine. And in an individual person, it doesn't necessarily mean, and some people, and this was kind of your question, some people have an aura and not have a migraine. That's called an acephalgic migraine, so mm. without the headache pain component, which is very uncommon. This has nothing to do with when you visit a fortune teller and they go, you have this really interesting aura about you. That is no, not, not that kind of aura. About. No. Right. So it's usually a visual aura. You can have other auras like abnormal sensation in a different part of your body, but the most common is a visual one and that precedes it. And then it evolves into the actual migraine attack itself. And that can last hours. Usually it lasts four or more hours, though in kids it can be a bit shorter in terms of its duration. And you have the headache is usually on one side of the brain or one side of the head, I guess, though it could be on both sides in kids. And it should be pulsating, a throbbing, like your heartbeat. I always, this is what I say to patients. I'm like, does it feel like your heartbeat? Like, do 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 right? Like, that's how a migraine it feels. is always accompanied by a throbbing. Is that what we're saying? You will have the sensation like a throbbing head it's a throbbing headache so we at some point in the four hours you will have yeah it starts off dull and then it becomes pulsatile or throbbing you have to really have that throbbing component otherwise it's not really a migraine okay and though it may not start off that way it eventually has to become like that and it's a moderate or severe amount of pain so you know we ask people when they have pain to grade your pain on a scale of one to ten ten is the worst pain ever one is nothing has to be at least five or more for it to be a migraine. And it gets worse with physical activity. So what you want to do, that's why people often want to lie down 
and things like lights bother them. So they typically lie down in a dark room and they, you know, tell people to turn off the TV. They need to be quiet. The sounds bother them. So lights bother you, sounds bother you, you go into a quiet room. And the other thing that people often have is nausea and vomiting. So you don't feel like eating. I often ask people, what if I gave you a plate of food during that? They'd be like, what? No, no, of course not, you know? And that's basically it. So you can see it's like, it's kind of a constellation of features. And that's what you basically need to be diagnosed with migraine. Now the big question, why? Does, why, 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 why? Okay, so we don't actually know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So there is there disc, is disc. I know the theory for migraine, and it's interesting because it's such a common disease, right? You think we would know more about it? Oh, and is that so? Would you call it a disease? Is that the right yeah, word? Yeah, for it definitely is. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's what we call the pathophysiology. You know why it occurs is believed to be due to activation of something called the trigeminal vascular system. So the trigeminal nerve is a nerve that innervates our scalp and but also you know innervates areas of our brain and the coating around our brain and those are pain sensitive structures so it's involved with some areas that are involved with pain but it also the nerve also supplies some blood vessels so basically they think an aberration in this trigeminal vascular system can cause the pain the dilation of blood vessels and subsequent migraine. So we think people are genetically susceptible to migraines because we know it does run in families. And then you can get attacks that are triggered by various stimuli. And so you don't always have migraines or people, some people have migraines every day, but some of them are what we call episodic. They'll be fine. And then something will trigger the migraine. So what do you do for somebody with a migraine? Just like go lie down in a dark room? That doesn't sound very medical. Right. Okay. So yeah, exactly. So I mean, there's a couple of things. Oh, by the way, before I get into what you're asking, there's also this aura. The aura is caused by something else. It's very interesting to neurologists. I don't know if you guys were finding it interesting, but it's caused by what's called cortical spreading depression. So it's this spread that they can see when we do brainwave testing, the spread of depression. So you're depressing the nervous system and you can see the spreading over over the brain over time. It's like a shadow slowly going over your brain, right? That is Good interesting. Metaphor. Good metaphor. The neurologists right? only. I'm just kidding. No, that yeah, is interesting. That is interesting. Okay. So getting back to what you're saying, okay. So you're right. So what do you do when you have a migraine? We'll talk about treatment with medicine in a second, but, and I have to get back to one of your questions about other types of migraines in a second, but we often want people to look for triggers because there's various triggers. Why these things trigger migraines, we don't know. So some of them you have no control over. So change in the weather. You know, those days where, oh my gosh, it's so hot today and it's freezing cold the next day. Those are days that people with migraines know. It's usually changes in barometric pressure that can affect that. Why that does, no one really knows. Stress is a huge one, okay, that we can That's control. very interesting. I'm always wondering who is preoccupied with the barometric pressure in a weather report. You know, that's always a thing. And I'm like, how is this ever going to be of any relevance to me? But people with certain types of migraines would be keeping their eye on that? Yeah, exactly. And some of them may even correlate it. And in fact, but some people may not even realize that. So one of the first things about migraines, you're asking what we should do is got to pay attention to the triggers and see, and they are unique to the individual. So not two people, even two people in the same family may not have the same triggers. So we said stress, stress is a big thing with headaches. So I, like we said, we see lots of kids with headaches and what we recommend to kids, and I think applies to adults too, you really have to examine the stressors in your life. Because if you don't, alleviate those, you will continue to have headaches. I strongly believe that. If that's what's underlying a lot of your headaches, no medicine will work. Okay. So I, I really think that's important. There's other so things is that too, something you do in your clinic? You have to go through sort of what's happening or is that something that is more psychologist or psychiatrist? Both. So what I'll do is I will usually will, if we're seeing a teenager, especially we'll kick the parents out, talk to the teenagers alone, see what's going on with stress. And they're quite open. Most of the kids we what's see. What's stressing you? The two people you just kicked out? <laughs> yeah. That's leading the witness. Yeah. So we'll talk to them and kind of go over those stressors. And sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's not. The way I usually say it is, okay, we're spending, you know, I usually spend about 45 minutes with a patient. So, you know, we spent 45 minutes. We met for the first time today. I am not an expert. I can recommend this, 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 and I can, you know, say we could try this, the medicine. But if you really want to look at stress, you have to 
dig deeper and look at that yourself with your family so you guys can talk about it. But sometimes counselors, social workers, even guidance counselors at school, psychologists are helpful in that. So that's something I do encourage people if I do think there's underlying stressors that are going on. Sometimes people say there's no stressors, that's fine, we can move on. It's not always due to stress. Because there's other things, right? Like your women, when they have their periods, you know, menstrual migraine is a well-described phenomenon as they have hormonal spikes. Similarly, we see that some kids, when they go through puberty, some boys will have a spike in headaches and then it'll go down afterwards because they have testosterone as their predominant hormone. Whereas women, they can have the spike, but then they'll start to have ups and downs as it goes with their periods. And then there's other things like specific foods, okay? So... This is very important, Ali. I know you're, you know, I know you're, I was going to say you're big into fad diets. You're not. But what I'm trying to say is you don't want to start eliminating everything. That's not what we recommend. What you want to do is keep track of the foods that are your specific triggers because there's so many. There's chocolate, cheeses, red wine processed meats, like smoked meats, you know, hot dogs, things like that. Those things have nitrites, exactly. And so that can predispose to you. Processed foods, things with MSG, but it can be other things. It can be like citrus fruits for some people, like, oh, a a quote unquote healthy food, you know? So it just depends on each person. So you want to see, caffeine's a big one, probably the biggest one for people. And sometimes it's, they're taking caffeine and they miss caffeine for a day and the withdrawal you know, provokes it. So it's really important to keep track of these things. And most people, just by keeping track of these triggers, can have a significant improvement in their headaches. So maybe I'll talk about medicine in one sec, because you did ask me about that. But let's talk about some interesting migraine variants, okay? Because you asked me. I was going to bring it up, but you asked me. (laughs) All right. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. So the migraine the most common thing it does is cause that visual aura, but it can cause dysfunction in other areas of the brain as well. You can have hemiplegic migraine, where you have weakness on one side of your body. It looks like you had a stroke, and that's due to a migraine. You can have confusional migraine, where you don't remember what's going on. You have amnesia for the event, and that can be a migraine variant. And that is not because the pain is so bad that you're no, just so fixated on it? That's an, a completely, different, yeah, a completely okay. different thing. You can have a Basler migraine if it occurs in the back part of the brain. You can have symptoms associated with the blood vessels in the back part of the brain, vision loss, vertigo, hearing changes, loss of consciousness even. Then there's ophthalmoplegic migraine. That's when one of your eyes doesn't work associated with a migraine headache. We'd have to talk to our good buddy Glaucom Flecken about that. And then there's even more interesting things that occur only in kids and not in adults. Okay, There's something called cyclic vomiting syndrome, you may have heard, where these kids will get episodes of vomiting that can last days, no headache associated with them. You can get something called paroxysmal vertigo, where kids get attacks of dizziness that last a few minutes. They don't have a headache with these. These are just migraine variants. And there's something, Ali, called Alice in Wonderland syndrome that only occurs in kids, no headache associated with it. What do you think their symptoms are if I say it's Alice in Wonderland syndrome? Well, they see large rabbits. What Close. the? What are you? What are you, you, you kind large? of pointed at me as though I thought you oh, were okay. on the right track. They see. So you remember when it's? I don't remember which one's which. It's like drink me, eat me, and she has these, and she gets big and small. They yes. will see in the world things look really big and really small. You're kidding. And they are basically visual hallucinations. The kids are not scared by them, and they often don't have a headache with them. And then all these kids who have these migraine variants, so again, these abnormal things that are happening. There's no headache and you still call that a type of migraine? Because later on, they can develop migraines or there's a family history of migraines. So often you only figure out after the fact. The family's like, oh yeah, they had this cyclic vomiting and then they develop migraine headaches afterwards. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the similar ones, especially in kids that are very interesting, but they're kind of a bit to the side, right? They're these variants. And the other thing I should mention is patients often have car sickness. That's often more frequent in migraine migraines. Yeah. Have car sickness? Yes. Or, okay, that's a common thing. Okay. So, okay, now when it comes to treatment, one of the main things we want to suggest is that you take medicine as soon as you feel the headache coming on, within half an hour. Patients with migraine get something called cutaneous allodynia. So, this is a hypersensitivity on their scalp. Most people with migraine get that. Once you develop that in the course of your attack of migraine, 
medicines won't really help very much. They can like take the edge off, but they won't resolve your headache. You want to be able to take a medicine that aborts your headache, stops it immediately. Okay. So in fact, in kids, especially the best medicine for treatment is not like some big fancy prescription medicine. It's ibuprofen, which is like Advil and Motrin. So we recommend people take a good okay. dose of Advil or Motrin as soon as you feel the headache coming on. Tylenol works as well, but it's not quite as good if you look at the this science. This is for studies. kids specifically? Kids not specifically. For See, okay. But it, it, we still recommend that for adults too, is to use ibuprofen first. There's no reason to – you need a heavy-duty prescription medicine if okay. ibuprofen works for you. I feel like a common refrain that I've heard is that headache medicine does not work for migraines. Again, there's all these things. First of all, look at the triggers, right? Yeah. And lifestyle modification, stress reduction, sleep, all those things. Second is you need to take the medicine as soon as you feel the headache coming on. If you wait, it does not work. Then if that doesn't work, so you've tried ibuprofen or Tylenol, you can use this class of medicines called triptans, which are specifically target that trigeminal vascular system in the brain. So that's another way to do it. And these triptans, like sumatriptan, you probably heard of people taking these and there's various ways. Some are intranasal, some dissolve in your mouth, some are pills that you swallow. So that's what you do if you're having a migraine attack. And those work well. Again, you have to use them rapidly at the onset of the headache. What happens though is some people keep treating their migraines very frequently and they overuse medications like ibuprofen, Tylenol, even those triptans, and then you can get a medication overuse headache superimposed on that. So the limit we say is about, I usually say about three times a week. You shouldn't be using Advil, Tylenol, triptans more than three times a week. If you do- Three nights a week or three actual three pills a week? No, three time periods a week. So, time periods, okay. Because the number of pills will depend on your weight, your age, a couple things. So yeah, that's what we would use. And if you're having very frequent migraines, then you know usually if you're having more than one or two a month, we would consider what's called prophylaxis, so preventative medicine for migraines. And in kids especially, at least what we, we do at our center, we don't jump into medicine because, Ali, there are some natural products I sound like a like a huckster here, but there you are do. some natural products which I can sell to you for nine ninety nine a bottle. No, that that have some evidence for for migraines. The main ones that you may have heard of are magnesium. Right? Lots of people take magnesium, riboflavin, which is vitamin B two, and another one is coenzyme Q ten, which is kind of an energy metabolism. And those ones we so I would suggest you try those first. And you got to take them every day, whether you have a headache or not, to see if you can just decrease the headache. So you can see. We haven't even talked about daily medicine for headaches, and yet there's already so many things people can do. So a lot of this is just education, like learning more about this. I can't believe that part of your job involves not prescribing medication. Yeah, we prefer not to. But you know, if you get to the point where you're having a lot of headaches and you've tried all these things and they don't work in the natural products, then we can prescribe medicines. I, I won't really get into detail because there's lots of different ones. They're all used for different things. Some are anti-seizure medicines that we use for migraines. Some are antidepressants that we use for migraines. It just depends on, on what it is. Some are even like antihistamines in kids. We There's one that we use. So again, I don't have to get into those. And usually you would take those for like six to 12 months, kind of break the headache cycle and then try and come off. So we don't want to commit people to lifelong treatment. There are some brand new drugs that just came out, which are specifically targeting this trigeminal vascular system. That's a bit too complicated. So we're not going to get into those, but those are newer drugs that people may have heard of. So even if people Ali, are saying, I've tried all these drugs, they don't work. Yeah, but there's brand new ones that are coming out that specifically target the migraine system, which are very exciting. So there's so many different options for people now. And it's funny you said that about people saying nothing works. Did you know only a study from Europe says only two to 14% of individuals who could be taking prophylaxis because their migraines are so severe end up taking it. So a lot of people don't even think that they could, don't even know or think, or the doctors don't even think about prescribing medicine for it. They've written it off. So yeah, it's definitely important. One thing, also the thing I'll mention is Botox, botulinum toxin. Botox actually works for people with chronic migraines. It's been- Where is it injected? Into the temples of the- The back part or, of the brain. 
Back part, okay. Which is closer to this trigeminal nerve area. Oh, yeah. How it works, again, no one really knows, but it's been shown in several studies to work. So that's another option for people. You have to go every three months because the Botox wears off over time. And it's very expensive. So sometimes people's insurance doesn't pay for it, but it's several hundred dollars a pop to get it done. So that's another option. Does it ever get so serious that there needs to be, you know, brain scans and then mm -hmm. surgeries and things like this? Yeah, not surgeries. Brain scans in the vast, vast majority of people with typical migraine symptoms or headache symptoms of all kinds, you don't need to do an MRI scan. So lots of people demand MRI scans. There is really no need to do it. The things that I'll give you some what we call red flags, things that you get concerned about, early morning headache headache that occurs first thing in the morning, that's a bit concerning. Headaches that wake you up in the middle of the night, that's very concerning. And we have to be a bit careful about that. It's not you're falling asleep and you woke up and you're like, oh, I still have that headache that I had when I went to sleep. It's you woke up because of the pain. That's very concerning. These are things that could be like a brain tumor or something like that. And and no, a half a tequila bottle should not be involved. It, it should, should not be, be involved. It should not be involved. It's unrelated. Yeah. If when you're bearing down, like, going to the bathroom, you know, number two. And that increases you know your, it increases the pain. That would be a reason to do it. Obviously, if you have any weakness or numbness not associated with the headache in between, then you would definitely do it. So those are things, those are what we call red flags. And that your neurologic examination has to be normal. So examined by a doctor, if that all checks out, no need to do an MRI or anything. Great discussion topic, though. I think, you know, for people who do suffer from migraines. I think, you know, it's probably this feeling of being understood a little bit to hear a discussion about migraines. But I think more importantly, for people who live with others who have migraines and don't have a concept of it, I think it helps them sort of understand what's at the heart of these things. Because if you don't have a migraine, as I said, I feel very lucky and blessed not to, you can't really even imagine you know, visions and auras and pulsating and it doesn't, you know, yeah, make yeah. any sense. I, my wife does get something that kind of, you know, resembles that. Our son, my 11-year-old, as you would know, Asif, bit of a puker, and first gets a headache. It comes on pretty strong. It's, it's debilitating in the sense there's nothing else he can do, doesn't want to eat, nothing. Then vomits pretty much every time, and then, you know, goes to bed or takes a nap and then wakes up good as new. I should mention, by the way, some people should take a Gravol or even something stronger, prescription medicine, because obviously if you can't swallow an ibuprofen, then it's not going to work, right? So that's another thing. Some people take Gravol at the same time. I forgot to mention that. Thanks, yeah. Ali. Much appreciated. See, he's not a doctor. But I do make my son crush up ibuprofen and snort it. Is that bad? That's our show for today. Let us know what you guys thought. Let us know what you guys thought about selective outrage from Chris Rock. Very curious to hear your thoughts about it as well. Let us know about migraine. Any other topics we didn't cover in migraine that you want to talk to us about or maybe your own experiences with it, reach out to us, drvcomedian at gmail.com, drvcomedian on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are everywhere. But remember that although I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. Medical issues we talk about are for your interest and information only, and they're not medical advice. Please consult your medical professionals for actual medical advice. Do not force your children to snort ibuprofen. See you. Bye. Bye.